Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to the podcast, Lotus Seaters, for Monday, the 27th of November, 2023. I'm joined by Dan and Harry Miller from Faircop, and we are going to be discussing how Conor McGregor became far right, um, what is going on with the British police, which... And Dan has some advice for Zoomers. Yes, look out for that. Which I think is going to be um, very entertaining at the very least. Um, all right, so I thought we'd talk about how Conor McGregor became a far-right icon, because, of course, he is far-right now. Aren't we all? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, everybody is far-right at this point, isn't it, unless you've got an Active Guardian subscription? I mean, we could literally go through a list. We've got J.K. Rowling. Yes. <laughs> literally, literally the most left-wing woman on my timeline. Yes. <laughs> He's also yes. far-right. Yeah. We've got, I mean, literally everyone, Conor McGregor, we've got, any sports star who isn't entirely on board with the progressive agenda? Yeah. It's just far right. I'll so. tell you who never gets accused of being far right. Anyone in the Tory party? Well, I mean, that's yes. not true. I do see lots of leftists saying the Tory party are literally fascist and Swell Braveman is the new Enoch Powell. Well, and then she got sacked. Yeah, and then she got sacked. Yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so let's let's begin with um, what happened. Of course, uh, the stubbing in uh, stubbing stabbing in Dublin uh, from an Algerian immigrant who stabbed three children, two adults. I believe they all survived, uh, which is good. But of course, this was a deeply shocking thing for the Irish people because this is not the first time this has happened. Uh, this was just the worst, it seems, that's happened. And so, in the last year, uh, sorry, the last twelve months up until April this year. You know, Ireland received 141,000 immigrants. Wow. Ireland's got like 6 million people in it. That's a lot. The Republic of Ireland. Mm. 141,000 immigrants. So that's a massive... Well, we get about a million a year, but then we got a population of about 80 million. Yeah, but that's massive. I mean, it's still yeah. colossal. But like for, for a small place like Ireland, 141,000 people is staggering. Uh, so 14% of the Republic... Sorry, the Republic's 5.2 million population... Uh, and now non-Irish citizens. Staggering. So the Ireland is basically the speed running, the English experience of immigration. Yep. They've hit the ground running and they're like, right, we need to cram as many people into Ireland as possible. Um, of course, polls in Ireland suggest that 75% of people think this may be too many. Oh yeah, but I mean, what do they no care kidding. about what the people think? Right, exactly. Uh, and so one of the things that the Daily Mail mentions in here is that in a bitter irony, uh, the chap who stopped the Algerian attacker against his children was himself an immigrant. And so they're like, well, I mean, what does this mean? Uh, this Brazil, Brazilian-born... Well, they've got a one-in-six chance at this point. Well, exactly. Uh, yeah, and, and it's more um, concentrated in certain areas like Dublin. Mm. So it's going to be a much higher chance. But uh, Keo Benicio, 43, was making a delivery driver, uh, delivery when he witnessed the bloodbath jumping off his moped and battering the knife-wielding assailant to the ground with his helmet. What a hero, right? But he said, the anti-migrant anger which erupted hours later in the riots doesn't make sense because I'm an immigrant myself and I'm the one who helped out. It's like, well, it does make perfect sense, actually. It does. Because yeah. it turns out that immigrants from Brazil, a different you know, Christian Catholic country, European, uh, are different from North African Muslim migrants. Uh, immigrant is not just a description that can be applied to any person because actually you're given a very, very small amount of information about a person if you are to just call them an immigrant. That's exactly it. It's, it's, it's like the lie of Black History Month. Which Black History Month are we talking about? Because the way you, the way you 
talk about it. It's as though there is one history, as though as though um, people yes. from Somalia have got the same e history as those from Egypt, who've got the same history as those from uh, who, who are Aboriginal, yep. uh, for instance. It is itself deeply, deeply racist, and I think that it's done that way, not so that we become more accepting of, of, of difference, but so that the difference is is put to us much more starkly, so that we then react to it. But it's more of a cudgel, really, isn't it? Yes, it is. It, 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 it's a cudgel. It's a cudgel, but it's turning everything into an us and them situation. Now, yes. the inevitable, the inevitability about having an us and them situation is that the, it, there will be kickback. There's this thing called compensating feedback. They push against us, and we push back even more forcefully than they pushed against us, which then creates a cycle. Of, of escalation and that's what's going on and i don't know why they want it but they clearly do want it they want to set them against us whoever them is and whoever the us is they'll they are looking for some kind of race war they're looking for some kind of sex war that it's like a queer theory war well they want us fighting amongst ourselves rather than looking in their direction yeah 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 i i, I think there's i think there's that but i think there's there are there are real dangerous elements who want to complete what Charles Manson attempted uh, to kick off with his kaleidoscope thing, uh, with the with, with the murders of Sharon Tate uh, out in Hollywood in the nineteen sixties. I have no idea, but I feel like we're slightly getting off topic. Well, well, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not really because what, okay. what 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 Charles Manson wanted to do, he wanted he committed these brutal killings of Sharon Tate uh, up in the Hollywood Hills, you'll have seen the great Tarantino film. Yeah. And what he wanted to do was to blame blame it on the blacks, on the black community, yeah. and, th and thereby create a reaction from the white community so that you ended up with this kaleidoscope of all-out racial warfare. Right. And I think that's what's happening now. That we, we have politicians, we have powers, we have people in, in the police who want to finish off what Charles Manson started. They want to create a kaleidoscope. I actually, and I think it's a horror show. I actually don't agree. I don't think that they actually want a race war. What they want is to be the managerial regime of mankind. Uh, and so to have uh, a group of people who are separate and distinct from the rest of mankind is a repudiation of that. So if, it, if they're, oh, we're, we're the international global ruling class, um, you can't really have the president of the Irish. Right? No. And so that's the problem. So that's why Ireland needs diversity. That's why Leo Vadakar is like, no, we need to reduce the number of white people in Ireland. We need to increase the number of diversity because this then homogenizes it into the global order rather than keeping it separate in particular. But we'll, we'll come back to this in a second. Okay. So as uh, the, the, the hero said, well, look, I'm an immigrant. So what's, why is everyone so angry about migrants? And it's, of course, because migrants are different in other places. Uh, the person who did the stabbing, for example, is an immigrant. He was from Algeria. And he was arrested earlier this year for possession of a knife. Uh, he also faced, previously, faced deportation, deportation, but eventually received Irish citizenship a decade ago. So he clearly had some kind of history in which the authorities are like, wow, this guy might actually be a bit, be a bit dangerous. Uh, maybe we should deport him. And instead they're like, yeah, but also, why don't we just give him Irish citizenship so he can't be deported? Um, he was taken to court over the knife incident in May. The Daily Mail understands that he was not convicted due to issues over his mental health. And he was under police guard in hospital. So let's talk about mental health for a second. There's a particular kind of way that the liberal state, the liberal order, views itself as operating. And it tends to pathologize things that are not liberal as mental health issues. 
Um, as they say here, one source says uh, that it's a real possibility that stabbing is related to a mental health episode. And it could be that he is genuinely unhinged. But the thing is, we're seeing quite a lot of these attacks. And we know from our experience in Britain that actually what is considered to be mental health is often the product of coming from a particular intellectual tradition yep. uh, that results in terror attacks. Yeah. And you can dismiss that as a mental health issue if you like. But that does not reduce the fact that it's also a terrorist attack, and it's about just because mm. just because you're mental doesn't or, or insane doesn't mean that you're not guilty. That there's 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 a there's a form of psycho there's, there's, there's psychopathy which is criminally, um, you know, you're criminally mad, but you're also fully responsible for your actions. But the, I, think, I think so. I think slapping the um, mental illness tag on it, I don't care. Yeah, well, the, what they're trying to do is medicalize um, someone coming from a different paradigm, right? Yeah. This, this person believes things that the liberal state doesn't believe, and so all it can do is call those people insane. Uh, we'll get back to that in a minute as well, right? Um, and, of course, the police have decided to take no responsibility. Uh, the authorities have taken no responsibility for the attack. Uh, they deny that the scenes were a proof of, a proof of failure of policing, and insisted that we could not have anticipated that in response to a terrible crime, uh, that this, the riots would be the response. It's like, right. Why not? It seems eminently predictable if you allow a bunch of Muslim migrants over and some of them, or you know, a very small number of them do terrible things, but the people already living there will actually be like, well, hang on a second. Why are they here? Yeah. Why are well, they allowed to do this? Well, that's formalist, isn't it? Yeah, you know, when when you keep repeating the same thing and expecting a different outcome, that's yeah. that's the, the the classic definition of madness. So, how the police could possibly look at what's happened the world over and not have expected some form of reaction, some form yeah. of backlash? That's 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 a form of insanity. It's yeah. a form of insanity, or because it's the belief. I don't think they are insane. I think what it is, it's it's willful negligence because they've picked a side. I think it's wishful thinking. I think that's really what it comes down to. Anyway, so we'll move on to um, some unknown up-and-coming MMA fighter called Conor McGregor, who just happens to have 10 million followers on Twitter. And he points out that, of course, the police are going to blame anyone but themselves. I like this. Zero action. Everything from our lax borders with gravy train benefits to our pitiful mental health services to our country in flames on, is on your watch and still no plan of action. Where is our plan of action? What are we going to do, to do to ensure that this stops happening? How are you going to ensure that this ceases to continue in our country? Ireland is fed up of you and your type. We are not stopping here until real change is implemented. We need safety. We need security. We need leadership. We have none of the three. Shame on you and your type. And so when he says your type, he's talking about the metropolitan liberal elite. Yes. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. Because at first glance, you think, is he talking about the immigrants? But no, he's, no, he's, he's, he's talking about the ruling elites, isn't he? He is, absolutely. And he is right that they blame anyone but themselves because as far as they're concerned, they have arrived at the correct position on governance and on yes. morality. As in the, we are the ones who have got this right. And now it is the people who are being governed that are the problem. And this is why they must be molded into the new man. And anything that doesn't fit has to be explained away as mental illness or an aberration. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Connor has been really on this and this has been wonderful scenes. And this is a particularly good one. Can, can I just ask... Yeah. What 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 was it? What are his politics? Because I was no I, idea. I had no idea what his politics <laughs> turns, was. Turns until... out far right, actually. Oh right. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, this is the only thing I've seen of his politics. Um, I've just is... never heard him speak on on no, anything no. like this no. before. But he, he's a patriotic Irishman, which is far right. Um, 
one of the most horrific crimes this nation has ever seen has occurred. We do not care anymore what you sad cases have got to say. In a war, you are nothing. We are not backing down. We are only warming up. There is no backing down until real change is implemented for the safety of our nation. We are not losing any more of our women and children, sick, twisted people who should not even be in Ireland in the first place. That's a pretty far-right statement. Yep. Right? Now, that's not a rationalistic statement. That's not the statement of a universal liberal world controller who's going to try and make sure that each group of people are managed down to the most atomized individual. That's to say the Irish, who are the possessors of Ireland, deserve safety and security in their native land. The only thing I'd add to that is one of the most horrific crimes this nation has ever occurred so far. There is always that. The, the, the examples of Sweden, for example, will tell you that once this starts happening, it starts happening again. Oh, yeah. And again. Well, and again. We've had that here. Uh, he starts then tweeting like a politician. Um, as you can see, he's like, well, I don't condone the riots. I don't condone attacks on the first response or anything like that. I do understand the frustrations, however, and of course, changes need to be made. In the last month, innocent children stabbed leaving school. Ashley, Murf Ashley Murphy murdered. Two Sligo men decapitated. This is not Ireland's future. If they do not act with a assume with the plan of action to ensure Ireland's safety, I will. Which is very interesting because it kind of implies he's going to have some sort of run of the presidency or prime ministership, whatever they have in Ireland, however they describe it. Um, and okay, well, that would be interesting. Like I said, I don't know anything about his politics. Going just on what he said in the past couple of days, it would seem that he's really far right, which means that he's particular that he is he is parochially Irish, right? Yeah. That's what he's saying. He's not. But, a but of course, far right today means basically what everybody thought in the 1990s. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely does. Conor McGregor believes he belongs to a people who come from a place who have a particular kind of culture, and that deserves to go on into the future. That's Conor McGregor's position, which seems totally reasonable to me, an accurate representation of reality. But of course, this is the opposite of the Prime Minister of Ireland. Um, he obviously goes on about the uh, looting as well, which he dis disapproves of, of course. But this is the thing I find most interesting. You've got Leo Vardakar here, who um, speaks about Emily Hand, who is an Israeli-Irish citizen who was captured by Hamas. God only knows what happened to her in the custody of Hamas, uh, but was also uh, let free in a prisoner exchange. And Vardakar frames it, an innocent child who has been lost has now been found and returned. Yeah. A bit monstrous. It is trying to be, trying to be generous. I wonder whether he was mishandling a a, a famous Catholic sort of trope of lost, yeah. lost and found. Maybe, but 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 still, he's not a priest; he's a politician. Yes, and you would think that that he would add the ha, ha, he would give the the weight the full weight of an innocent child being kidnapped by a terrorist organization. Yeah. You would think that he would choose language that reflected that rather than, you know, a little bit like Lassie come home, we've lost our dog, we've lost our kid, whoops, great, they're back again. But the problem you can see how it's how it might be interpreted uh, quite badly. But the problem with this kind of um emotive, judgmental human language is that it stigmatizes one side of the conversation. And if you're the liberal world controller, you are responsible for all of these groups. So he feels as much obligation to Hamas as he does to the Israelis. And if anything, he might be looking at other power differentials and saying, well, oh, maybe I I'm not saying he does support Hamas, but like it makes him want to be less judgmental about either side. And that's why he'll use language that makes it sound like no crime or 
terror attack well, was and also it's a very possible outcome of the current Gaza conflict is that they all end up getting sent to Europe and that is also they don't possible. want to be on record saying anything that is going to make their life more difficult when they announce that 18 months down the road yeah but as you can see Conor McGregor is just absolutely handing it to him here uh, he's not having it <laughs> he is absolutely not having it but but the thing is the, the beginning of I've said this before I think on your show the beginning of wisdom is to call a thing by its proper name. It's an ancient Chinese proverb. And Conor McGregor is absolutely right. She was abducted by an evil terrorist organization. That is the bottom line. That is the truth. And then he turns on on, on the state, because it's clearly the state that he's talking to. He says, what are you going to do to protect us? He's not addressing addressing the immigrants. He's He's addressing the state. Well, the number one obligation of any state is to protect its people. That is the number one the, obligation. So but if you can't do that, yeah. if you can't do that, then you're not fit to govern. But the problem is that you have a constituency in mind for the Irish state to govern, which is the Irish. Yes. Right? Their Leo Vardakar's constituency is not just the Irish. It is also the millions of immigrants who have come in who are given equal weight in importance. In fact, often more weight yeah. in importance than the Irish citizens. Because Connor has a parochial view of, I'm an Irishman, I believe the Irish state is for the Irish, and in these crazy far-right positions, uh, but Leo Vadakar doesn't agree with that. He believes that the Irish state is for all of the foreigners around the world who want to go and live there as well. Yeah. So they're just as important. And so this um, is something that we've spoken about at length here, which is this is a consequence of liberal ideology. Now, liberal ideology is a rational way of looking at the world rather than a sentimental way of looking at the world. And if you compare that to the way that Connor's talking, Connor is talking in a very sentimentalistic way. He's not saying, well, listen, we can sit down and come to a reasonable accord and we'll sit there and discuss all the problems. No, he's being very emotional and saying, no, we have to do something to save lives in the future. Uh, liberalism doesn't approach the way uh, the world in this way. Uh, it has a, a desire to reductively categorize people, which is why you've got just the catch-all term immigrant that is supposed to at once con- <laughs> literally contain Brazilian heroes and Algerian murderers. Yeah. That's why, but, but as an individual, as a very broad category, yes, they are technically immigrants. So that's a box checked on that. And so the point of all of this is to individualize people and reduce irreducibly, uh, reduce them to the single atom that is the individual. That's the person that's been taken out of any context in which they lived uh, because liberalism conceives of the world in this way. It believes that all humans were once atomized and wandering around the woods on their own, which is, of course, not true. And so the purpose of liberalism, and this is what it's always been about, is to liberate them from the belonging, which are the connections that they have, to their own lands, people, and traditions. That's all liberalism has ever tried to do. And it can't do anything else. It is the breaker of bonds. It is the liberator of people from other people. And so this is why liberalism turns into a universal asset. Go and watch all of this content that we've got on lotusies.com, £5 a month. We've done absolutely loads uh, because, and this is why I know this so well, uh, it's the universal asset. So anything, say your obligation to your parents, your obligation to your local community, if those obligations override your personal autonomy, then it's the obligation that has to be broken, not your personal autonomy. That's what liberalism is trying to achieve. And that's what Vardakar is in his heart. Uh, we've been debating this extensively as well. This is part three of the debate on it. Um, it's been quite intense. Um, and so this is how we arrived at this, which I tweeted out and did very well. Um, if this makes you angry, then you are far right. That's totally true. Because being angry has a few components. There's the person who was hurt, 
the person who's witnessing it, and the target of the anger. Someone has to be a representative of a constituency with which you are angry. This is why every single time in Britain we get, don't look back in anger. Oh, there's a terror attack. 20 kids got blown up. Don't look back in anger. Because that way you're not morally making a judgment about an entire group of people. No, we've got the guy, he's been arrested, therefore the problem is solved. But of course, that's not the end of the problem. That's trying to isolate it in time and space to this one guy. But actually, everyone knows no, that that is on, a, on top of a pyramid of events, of groups, of peoples, of traditions, of strange um, things that we don't understand that have been brought here. And that the police just it think, okay, if we just arrest the guy there, then that's the, that's the problem solved. No, the, this rests on foundations that go a long, long way back. And isn't it noticeable that nobody was suggesting that Israel go through a Don't Look Back in Anger concert? Yes, the, the Israelis are allowed to... Um, well, they're allowed raving, raving ethno-nationalism. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're allowed to recognize that there are groups of people, and people as representatives of groups of people are morally culpable mm. for what is done by that group. That's what, And so that's what being far-right is, right? Being far-right is to feel that you belong to a people and feel that other people belong to a people and that you can make judgments about each other. The liberal state can't have that. That undermines and that destroys all of it. But the problem that it has is almost everyone on earth is far right by this standard. Almost everyone in every, yeah, of course, everyone in every country thinks, well, of course I belong to this people or that people. And I have a pride in myself based on that. You know, I'm aware that I, as an Algerian or I, as an Egyptian or I, as a Brazilian or whatever, come from a culture and have been molded in a certain way. And therefore I can, people will make judgments about me and that I will make judgments about them. And, this is it's, what, it's utterly unquestioned in the rest of the world. It's, it's totally it's normal. It's just absolute bedrock. Yeah. But to the liberal state, that's far-right ideology, uh, which it is not. But we'll get into that in a minute. So as you can see from the BBC reports, and I think this is important, the Republic of Ireland's police chief has blamed the rioting in Dublin city centre on lunatic hooligan faction driven by far-right ideology. So already... The people who are just living in the sort of felt experience of what it is to be an Irishman, to feel collectively under attack, lunatics. Mm. Already they're being pathologized, medicalized. The, the liberal state cannot understand them. These guys are just crazy. It's like, they're not crazy. That's totally normal, right? Because what they're saying is, if this group of people are allowed to remain, future people from our group will be murdered by them, which is entirely possible. And so you would say, right, so a collective action needs to be taken against the group, that particular group, in order to prevent future actions. But of course, the liberal state lives only in the now. And so it's like, nope, we've got the guy. There's no, literally no further problems and there's nothing more that can be done. But that's not how the rest of the world sees this. And if anyone's got a sense of themselves as a people, it's definitely the Irish. Like if anyone, anyone's got it, right, it's definitely the well, Irish. And the liberal state doesn't brook any opposition from this agenda at all. Zero. This, this agenda. Because you cannot vote your way out of this. Uh, well, you could vote your way out, which wouldn't be liberal, right? You you can have an illiberal. Well, okay. I mean, I, I mean, in this country, um, people have consistently voted for the most hardline anti-immigration option on the menu for about the last thirty or forty years. Yeah, but and the on every occasion. Well, both of them, yeah, but oh, yeah, but yeah, you, it's it's not like you can vote your way. And and even if there was a an alternative that arose, they would basically be shut out of the political system. Yes. As they are. But that, that's not actually a function of voting. That's actually a function of the kind of liberal 
apparatus that operates around mm. democracy. Like you could vote for just a far right party, and a far right party would be like, okay, we're just going to deport all these people. That's totally plausible. There's nothing stopping it. Well, well, you, it, <laughs> having been having been for a short while the chairman of a, a political party, uh, the Reclaim Party, uh, I can I can tell you there are some huge obstacles uh, to, to get. Sure. To, for instance, as Nigel Farage found out, just simply simply getting a bank, yep. just being able to yeah, yeah. operate as a alternative party. There, is, I, I, yeah. there are obstacles after obstacles. But my point is, it's not about the mechanism of democracy that is the problem. It's the apparatus around the democracy that fortifies itself, the liberal state, around yeah. preventing non-liberal incursion. Yeah. What the issue is, really. But my, my point is simple. For whatever reason, um, voting doesn't seem to be a way out of this. Oh, yeah, that's not been it, people's experience. And therefore... Yes. Um, when anger reaches a crucial point, it's got nowhere to go but yes. out in this mechanism. Yes, that's completely true. And yeah, it's it, the, the sort of lock that liberalism has on the state uh, refuses it. I, I, I think I would say that liberalism, is the way you and I are talking about it right now, um, is as close to being fulfilling the definition of evil as I can think. And I say that advisedly. It's because, quite bad. Because, well, yeah, I, I think that anything which runs contrary to our human nature is, by definition, evil. By definition, when a system tries to knock out the humanity yep. of, of a people, to knock out their character, to knock out what humans have done for millennia, and replace it with a new liberal type of program, that is, as far as I'm concerned, the definition of, of evil. Now, on the one hand, that's why it will fail. That's why communism has repeatedly failed, because it, knocked, it, it tried to get rid of the human. In the name of utilitarianism, uh, and it's why this current thing will fail. The trouble is, we're in it right now, and yeah. it's very difficult to know whether we're in a six-year war, a ten-year war, or a hundred years. A hundred years. A hundred years war. That is the problem. My issue with that is, it's absolutely knackering fighting. Yeah. And if you're if you're if you're part of the the trenches in that first sort of ten years of a hundred-year war, it feels as though all you've got to look forward to is more and more despair. That's because that's that is literally that's all it. you have. That's yeah. why I think you have to be optimistic and look at the grander arc of history and go. Do you know what we do win because human nature mm, yeah. does not will it. You but, cannot graft this onto human nature. I, I totally agree. This is just a suppression of it. Um, but the point I, I just want to pull this out. So lunatic far right ideology, right? So lunatic we've just covered. Far right being non-liberal. Right, that's what this means. The, the reason this call, they call this as far right as you can go. If they thought they were Nazis, they'd say Nazis. Right. If they thought they were fascists, they'd say fascists. They don't have a good way of characterizing what these people believe because these people, and as they say at the end, ideology. These people aren't operating on an ideology. An ideology is a rational set of beliefs that are constructed a priori before contact with the world. So you get this set of beliefs that you lo logically slot together, and then you draw conclusions from these premises and then you act upon these conclusions that's what an ideology is to justify the seizure of power right that's not what's happening here because they can't literally don't have a name for it every ideology names itself you know we are this ism right but these people don't have a name for themselves because what this is is just the felt reality of the irish people right this is a kind of animating spirit of human nature rather than any kind of ideology and this is why they're having such uh problems just climbing even identifying who is even protesting Oh, far-right ideology. What does that mean? You don't have one. You don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, so what's the liberal state's response to people like Conor McGregor? Well, it's a hate crime bill. 
obviously. Uh, right, we need another one of them. Well, but the, funny how these are popping up simultaneously across the Western world. Well, exactly. And it's, it's all because it's the international liberal order that is doing this. I mean, this is the only way they know how to deal with these people um, because these people have opinions which are not liberal. And so they can't be tolerated. They characterize groups of people which the liberal state can't have. Uh, and so, I mean, just a quick thing from this, uh, just a quick extract. We bear responsibility as legislators to do our utmost to provide for a safe, fair, and inclusive country for all, reflecting our modern Ireland. So this is the new plantation of Ireland. So a bunch of foreigners have been brought in, and no, 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 they are going to get increased amount of importance than the existing Irish people. So the, the existing Irish, even the, the newest immigrant is as most important as the oldest Irish family in this rendering, right? And they say a hate crime is something is a hate crime happens when someone commits an offense because they have hatred of a person with a particular personal characteristic. Somehow this is worse than a normal crime. You murdered someone. Okay. But you better not have been a racist about it. Right. And when you go through the actual text of it, um, this, uh, shows like if they will literally be able to go through your phone and arrest you for the memes that you have there, if they think it's likely to incite hatred or violence against a person on account of their protected characteristics. And so you get people spectator who are like, hang on a second. Even if you don't show it to anybody, if you just have a meme on your phone, yep. even if it's totally private, it can be done. Uh, not in, in Britain. It's the malicious communications that we do the online communication. Back. So, in Britain, you have to have shown it to someone else, and you have to have sent it via a public messaging service. So if I said to you something hateful about having a white beard or something, that actually wouldn't necessarily be, I mean, they probably will wrangle it in, but like just saying something isn't sufficient often, right? But in this, it absolutely will be, right? It absolutely will be. But also, you don't have to say it to anyone. It can literally just be on your phone. And so you get people at like the Spectator who are like, um, that's a concern, because that's five years in jail. That's worse than a lot of rapists will get. And do, yeah. So just to be well, Unless, of course, a rapist rapes somebody with a bit of hatred in their heart. Well, yeah. yeah. God yeah. forbid that they yeah. rape someone well, with hatred yeah, in their that heart. That would just be ignored, though, won't it? But, I mean, um, if, if, if you say, you're, I'm, I'm doing this because you're a dirty kafar, then that would just get stricken from the record. Yeah. But the point is, and I realize I'm going long on this segment, but this, I think, is important. Um, the definition of hate is not actually well-defined. Uh, the current justice minister blithely dismissed any objections or criticism saying, quote, we all have an understanding of what hatred means. No, we don't. Well, we do. Well, we do. We do. But what they do, if you look at the definition of hate, it, it includes um, uh, ill will, ill feeling, dislike. How can it be dislike? I, I, how, how, can you, how can you say that hate, hate as something that needs to be criminalized can include dislike in there? But worse than that, it also includes antagonism. And this is the important thing, okay? Antagonism. So if you are antagonistic towards an idea, that is prima facie evidence that you are hateful, not only towards the idea, but towards the people who have embraced yeah. that idea. And that then becomes the reason for the state, via the police and the courts, to persecute you. Now, I say that this is entirely undemocratic, for one thing. It is most definitely un-British and un-Irish. Because if you think about antagonism, our entire justice system is based upon 
antagonism. Mm. We don't sit around like the French doing a little fact find and working out who's right and who's wrong and who's guilty and who's not. It's no, literally what, adversarial. It's, it's literally <laughs> adversarial. We've got those who are saying he did it. We've got those who are saying, no, he didn't do it. Both That's make your it. strongest argument. A absolutely, yeah. yeah. Strongest one wins. First past the post, boom. It's entirely antagonistic. If you think about our democracy as well, entirely antagonistic. In the House of Commons, in the House of Commons, we've got the government benches and we've got the opposite opposition benches. And they are two sword lengths apart. Why? Because the natural reaction of enemies is to scrap and fight and stab one another. That is our first nature. That's our first nature. Now, what what the um, the, the the wise people uh, building parliament did? They go, we can't eradicate people's nature. What we can do is mitigate it. We can't drive out the hatred that there is in the hearts of these politicians because that would be anti-human. What we can do, we can risk manage it. And so, what we will do, we will have a speaker that, sitting up there on, on, on his sack, shouting order, order. We'll make sure there are no weapons in the place. And just in case, we're going to have you two sword lengths apart, just in case that natural hatred, that human emotion of hate spills over. So hate is managed in a mature society. It's not criminalized. But, but I would say, actually, I think Carl has laid out quite a good definition of hate um, during this segment, which is basically the liberal... We, we can't do it from our perspective, but they can do it very easily from their perspective. They simply say, OK, we're the liberal elite. Do we agree with this? No. Therefore, it's hate. Yes. Yeah. So from their perspective, it's actually incredibly simple. For, for, from their perspective, hatred is the negative characterizing of a group. Mm. Any group that can be characterized, if it's done in a negative fashion, that's hate. So it's yeah. a very, very, very easy tripwire to walk across. But just, as a, just to finish this off, because it's been going on long, um, so what does the liberal state do about a far-right patriotic Irishman like Conor McGregor? Well, it creates its hate crime bills, and then it investigates him. Uh, McGregor's posts are being assessed by the Gardaí, the Irish police, as part of an inquiry into the dissemination of online hate speech. Uh, the Assistant Garda Commissioner, Justice, Justin Kelly, is uh, doing that. And so he's going to be persecuted by the state because he is a person who lives in the real world. Leave that there. Fortunate. So let's talk about what the police are doing. Well, where do we start? That's a good one, isn't it? Transgender police officer who branded free speech campaigner a woman beater and Nazi. Uh, that would be me. <laughs> that would be that would be, I'm the person who oh. was targeted by this um oh, that this literally, police officer. That literally was you, was it? That was literally me. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. This is this is literally, literally me. Um, <laughs> I, I came across this this officer called Lindsay Watson, who's um a post, well, I don't know whether they're post-operative, but they, they define themselves as a, a trans woman officer. And they've got an interesting background, right. Lindsay Watson. Lindsay Watson was originally, I think, in the British Transport Police in the 1990s. Right. And uh, back, back then, he was called, I, I can't remember what his name was, a proper bloke's name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Alex. Alex Hallwood. His name was Alex Hallwood. That's right. right. Um, and then one day, he just announced that uh, he was changing to be a, a woman. And British well, Transport Police, these days. At, at the time, I think it was, uh, decided... No, you're not doing that, mate. You're a you're a bloke. You, you Wait, when was this? This was in the 1990s. Oh, so, okay. so he got booted out and he sued them and he lost. Right. Um, he then attempted to, uh, uh, I think he got a GRC or whatever. He then attempted to become a midwife, but didn't actually tell the midwifery people that he actually was a bloke. <laughs> um, so that didn't go down well either. And I think he may he may have sued them as well. I can't quite remember. Then we're not quite sure what happened to him, but then he ended up in North Yorkshire Police. Right. Um, as an officer there. 
and he caused so much trouble that he was uh, he was relocated to the outpost of Skipton, uh, where I'm told that he would regularly grab any officer by the scruff of their neck and threaten them with gender diversity laws uh, if they if if they raised an eyebrow uh, at his manliness. Uh, in a set of female stilettos, etc. very ladylike behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and because then, it's very feminine behavior to yeah, grab people by. Yeah, 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 yeah. He absolutely. Yes. Te- apparently, he terrorized everybody. Absolutely terrorized everybody to, to the extent that female officers refused to go into the female loos. They would just, <laughs> they would just hang on yeah. because this this Lindsay Watson might be in there. Okay, and 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 that was it. Anyway, from from North Yorkshire, he end, then ended up in Leicestershire. I don't know how, but he ended up in Leicestershire. What he did there, we don't know. But in February 2022, I noticed that there was um, a, a Twitter account called at, at Watson Lindsay, who claimed to be a police officer, who was tweeting that the LGB Alliance were a terrorist organization. Now, I don't know if you if you know Bev and Kate from the LGB Alliance, uh, but they're as far Be- Bev from... Bev and Kate, average terrorists. Yeah, yeah they're, they're as far from sort of the Bardemeinoff gang as it's humanly possible yeah. to be. Uh, so I thought there was a little bit, it's a little bit off, a police officer labelling the LGB Alliance uh, terrorists. So I wrote to Leicestershire Police, um, and I, I picked Leicestershire because at the time, this Lindsay Watson character, they said they were a police officer, they didn't say where, but they, they, they on their LinkedIn profile, it showed them living within the Leicester, the, the Leicester constituency. So I thought, I know, I'll try West Yorkshire, uh, sorry, uh, I'll try the West Midlands, I'll try Nottinghamshire, and I'll try Leicestershire. So I wrote to tweet one saying, is this your officer? West Midlands and Nottinghamshire came back within 12 hours saying, absolutely not one of ours. It took Leicestershire five weeks to work out that it was their officer. Five weeks. And they sent me excuses like, the computer's gone down. Seriously, they said that. Uh, we, we can't tell you because of operational issues. Uh, inquiries are ongoing. Then five weeks that, later... That's a good one. They, operational issues. Yeah, you mean you're, you're idiots. Yeah. Five <laughs> weeks later, they finally said... Um, Yes, uh, PC uh, Lindsay Watson, she is one of ours. She is one of ours. Now, I know the way policing works. The second you start typing in the, the, the name Lindsay Watson, every single possibility pops up. Hmm. Okay, so they would have known within, within five or six uh, key strikes. I mean, it's literally a database. It's literally a database. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. It took them five weeks. If they turned around to me and said, Harry, we're simply not telling you because we think you're a bit of a twat, um, then I'd have respected that far more than this. Uh, sorry, the computer's not working. Like, like we're idiots. Yeah, they've got like, you like, there, Harry. Like we're idiots. <laughs> anyway, so I put in this complaint against this officer, and then obviously they realised that um, I had complained on behalf of the LGB Alliance, and that's when it started. That's when it started right. a campaign of approximately. Well, I collected twelve hundred direct tweets at me. Twelve hundred. I was going to say this. This isn't someone's uh, passing fancy. No. This is someone who's very, very upset by you personally. By me personally. So what what, what they said was that um, they said that I was never never a police officer, and then they changed oh, it. Yeah. I, I was a police officer, but I was th- I was thrown out for my, great, for my great homophobia. I'm sorry, <laughs> back in the early 1990s, homophobia, you know, displaying hints of homophobia would have got you a promotion. It would have got you thrown out. <laughs> That's back in, back in the day. Uh, and then then he said that they got evidence that my high court, where I beat the police, uh, that that it relied on perjury. Uh, and then they said that that's they, a significant yeah, exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. even even if that were true that's not in their remit to discuss <laughs> well, exactly oh, well so yeah. get so get this we complained we complained to them and then um the uh, the original account Lindsay Watson shut down and it was replaced by another one called Peppercorn and then another one called White Shines another one called Durham Red and then another one called get this we are faux cop 
Ah, ah. So they were they, they were they were nicking my my profile. Very good, very good. Uh, etc. This went on and on and on and on and on. Um, they put up. I think you've got it on there. I've got a I've got a tattoo here. Um, the wrong guy. It says that was a it was an epithet that Toby Young uh, gave me, and um, right. they, they changed it to uh, the guy that hits women. So they published the photo. There it is. They pu published my arm with the guy who hits women. How, how many women have you hit? Uh, I've hit abs absolutely uh, zero. Right. Uh, zero. But um, this maybe what... maybe that's his own. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is most that is most definitely mine, mate. Hey, well, I've got one done in uh, solidarity with you or something like that. Do you think so? Do you think so? Just characterize himself. Yeah. Anyway, get this. I I eventually I had because Leicestershire police would not help me at all. Absolutely not at all. Um, they wouldn't discipline him. Because they know this might be a criminal matter, actually. So they passed it to Lincolnshire Police to investigate. Right, right. So it could be hands-off investigation. Um, they looked at uh, Lincolnshire Police looked at the evidence and said, Oh my God, this is not just harassment, this is stalking. This is full on stalking. Like, fantastic. You know, he's gonna go away for a, a long time, is this? Yeah. So what they did, they gave it to the CPS to to check it all out. I I prepared the entire evidence bundle for them. They didn't have to do a thing. I just being an ex-policeman, you know, I what did what? the whole thing absolutely and i even pointed to the similarities between the alex belfield case yeah. where alex was put away because there was no element with alex's case of physically going out and stalking it was all online mm -hmm. so i pointed out all the similarities they were like yeah yeah we're going to get him we're going to get him we're going to get him six months after the final after the last tweet uh, after he'd been interviewed six months and about a week they rang me and said oh harry we've looked so there's not enough evidence for stalking and by the way um, we've now timed out on the lesser on the lesser one of the oh, rest of them. Uh, uh. So that was that was clearly done on absolutely on purpose. They allowed the thing to time out. Now this idiot, Lindsay Watson, uh, he, he was placed on police bail, then let off police bail a couple of months later, and he immediately he, he set up again. He set up straight away again. So we got a whole, a whole bunch, bunch bunch more of stuff. Gave it all to Leicester Police. Eventually, Leicester Police got hold of him. They put him through um, an accelerated. Uh, disciplinary hearing for gross misconduct. I was I was present via Zoom um, to, to watch. I couldn't see Lindsay Watson because he'd asked for she she'd asked for a a safety screen so that nobody could see them because they were so vulnerable. And what was astonishing is this: that they moved from their original account to this these sock accounts. I think six seven sock accounts mm -hmm. um, on the advice of the police. When the police, when I, when they got my original complaint in, they, the police said to him, "Look, what you're doing is incredibly, it's not right. It breaches all the code of ethics. It's rude. It's insulting. It's threatening." Wow, police officers what, aren't allowed yeah, to. Just yeah. Now, what, what we suggest you do is set up some sock accounts so it's not associated with us. <laughs> that <laughs> okay. was the advice. That was the official. Doesn't sound like good advice. No. Oh, come on, that's great advice because <laughs> yeah, that yeah, way yeah. it's not associated with yeah. the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't stop you from stalking continue, and harassing. But continue as long doing as it, it. Just don't, just don't associate. <laughs> don't, don't, we don't want to associate you with us. Dan, Dan, send, send to yourself in the police. Right, you're a police officer. You're woke. You're insane. You hate all of the public. And you're like, look, just we just don't need the backlash. Right. So just do it in an anonymous account. So you know, obviously, I'm not going to stop you stalking, harassing. I just don't want it coming back on us. That's great advice. It's fantastic advice, isn't it? <laughs> Well, if, if if the person you're harassing has an IQ of about seventy five, and that might work, yeah, yeah. But anyway, well, I, I I wanted to um, serve a uh, personal um, uh, attempt to court personally, uh, either criminally mm -hmm. and for libel, etc. And we said, look, let's let, let, please, will you receive uh, documents on on Watson's behalf? And they wouldn't. They absolutely would not even receive a legal letter on their behalf. 
So what I did, um, I, I put on my private detective hat, found Watson's home address, and literally I staked out his house. Um, first of all, in my cowboy hat, parked around the corner in my, in, in, in my, um, in my pickup truck. Um, and when he didn't come out of the house that I thought he lived at, I thought, what am I going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to dress up as a delivery man. So I went off and got some, uh, got a delivery man's hat and, and a high-vis vest, and I bought a big box with nothing in it. And I went to the next door neighbor, uh, just went and said, hi, delivery here for, 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 for Lindsay Watson. The guy said, oh, he's not in. I said, but he does live next door, right? He said, yeah, he definitely lives next door. So that'll do me. So then we've got the papers. We've got the place now where we can serve his, his ass. Okay. So that's, kind of, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Nice. Blimey. But yeah, 1,200 1, direct tweets at me. But get this. On numerous occasions, Lindsay Watson tags in the anti-terrorist unit of the police and says, says that I am in league, this is the latest one, yeah. I was in league with Suella Braverman, with Suella Braverman running a hate cell, an international hate group, that <laughs> whose atrocities included uh, the, shooting, yeah, yeah. the shooting last summer in Colorado. That was down to me and Suella Braverman, apparently, according to this copper. shooting was this? It was in, it was in Colorado, wasn't it? It was a few months ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it was in Colorado anyway. Right, right. I can't remember. Yeah, absolutely. It's America, isn't it? There's loads of shootings. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah. The the the, the terrorist shootings were down to me and Suella Braveman running a a secret uh, terror cell. So um, you've gone up in the world. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely gone up in the world. Yeah. So <laughs> can, can I get in on this with the two of you? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He tagged in every single chief constable, the anti-terrorist unit, probably fifty times. Yeah. Um, you were sent would send regularly intel to my local police force to investigate me for this, that, or the other. Of course, it never happened. Yeah. But this is I'm not against free speech. If he wants to sort of if somebody wants to do that against me, that's something not if you're not if you're a police officer. Sure. If you're a police officer, you have given up your right to do that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think police officers should actually be allowed to smear, defame, and stalk people. No, they shouldn't. And and what's what they shouldn't pick, they should not pick a side in an ideological, political debate. Which well, and, and I'm, more worried, I'm more worried that whatever selection criteria the police are using these days yeah. is, is letting this kind of character through. Oh, it's because he's trans. That's why. It's, it's, that, that, that's the, that is the only, the only They've qualification. They've got quotas, remember. Yeah. They've got quotas. That, he, that, that Lindsay Watson is a absolutely, utterly useless human being, uh, but a trans, you know, uh, they could tick their trans officer thing. That's why. Yes. So go on, uh, moving on then, what else happened? Uh, well, th there's that one, but then we, did you see um, the other day the Newcastle United fan who got banned from Newcastle United? I did not. You did not see that? Yeah, that's, that's one. Newcastle United has club membership suspended uh, while police investigated tweets about yeah. trans women. So I got, a, I got a phone call. I just got back from Australia two weeks ago. Sorry, a fan, so someone who's joined the Newcastle United fan club. Yeah, she, yeah she's, she, she's an absolutely committed, ultra-committed Newcastle fan. But she tweeted okay. something about transgenders. Yeah, okay. And Newcastle United, like, right, you're not allowed to pay us money. Oh, it gets worse than that. It gets worse than that. I got a phone call saying that I've had the police round. They want, they want to interview me. I said, what for? They said, malicious communications. Oh. I said, right, have you communicated with anybody maliciously? And she said, absolutely not. I said, right, well, there's a good indication as to your guilt then. If you don't know who you've tweeted at <laughs> and you don't think you have, then, then you haven't. Um, well, they said, you know, that I need to come in on, uh, for an interview under caution. I said, right, give me the number of the police officer. So she gave me the number of the, of the copper, and I rang the copper direct. I said, hello, I'm operating for my client, Newcastle, blah, 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 blah. I said, um, 
I'm just going to put this to you. You better not be harassing this woman because of some generalized stuff she's put out on Twitter, right? Because unless you've got an actual victim and some actual malicious communication, then we're going to view this simply as of harassment. And he went, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I said, right, I'm going to give you a bit of a clue here. Have you considered the Miller ruling? That's my ruling about, about hate crimes. And he went, um, what's that? I said, right, to make your life easier, I'm going to send you a link. I said, have you considered the, the latest um, approved police practice regarding hate crimes? No. Right. I'm going to send you that as well. Have you considered Suella Braveman's, uh, the, the, the latest uh, statutory guidance around the recording of hate speech? No. Right. I'm going to send you a copy of that as well. So it was all a very reasonable conversation on Thursday yeah. afternoon. Sent it all off, thought that'll be the end of it. Two hours later, I get a phone call from, from the woman, uh, the lesbian woman in Newcastle. I've just had the police at my door. I said, what? So they've told me that tomorrow I, have, I, I must come in for a voluntary interview. Must come in right, for a yes. voluntary interview. Average because, voluntary. because they've read the Miller ruling and that gives them no choice but to threaten me with arrest. I'm like, that's not what my ruling says at all. So I, anyway, what I did was I talked her into going in there mic'd up. And because she hadn't been arrested, she couldn't be searched. Yeah. So she went in mic'd up um, with a solicitor that the police uh, provided. It was malicious communication. Uh, they told her that she was free to leave at any time, but if she exercised that freedom, they would arrest. They would arrest her. So there we go. Right, yep. First question is: um, Is this your account? No comment. How often do you go on this account? No comment. Why do you feel the need to go on social media? I right, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. What's that got to do with you, pal? Right, no comment. Also, you say, it's you, really stupid. Yeah, question. yeah. You, 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 you say here. Here's your daily reminder that humans can't change sex. Do you think that could be seen as offensive? No comment. You think <laughs> it might so? be true. Yeah. And then, then it gets worse. Said so we've got eight of these, or eight or nine of these. Oh, yeah. Another one said, um, so pleased to say that when people look back on this period of in history, when we are medicalizing children um, in the name of an ideology, I was not part of it. The police said, do you write that? He said, no comment. Does you not think that could be seen as offensive? Like, no comment. Anyway, all of it was like that. There was nothing, even in the footballs, <laughs> these, these grossly offensive. Remarkable. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But then it gets worse. The real sting in the tail is this. At the end of the interview, the, the solicitor who had been provided by the police, the duty solicitor, he starts off quite well and says, right, I'm just going to say this. Your questioning officer could be construed as violating Article 10 of my client's human rights to free speech. All good so far, right? Mm -hmm. There's no answer to that from the police. Says, however, I've had a word with my client and told her that everything these days can be an offense, and I've advised that she mustn't say any of this ever again. Will that do? This was the solicitor. And that's just trying to get this her off was, the hook. This the was, top, yeah, but still, it's the worst advice possible because there was no offense, no possibility of an offense. Now, malicious communications talks about something having to be grossly offensive. Now, grossly offensive is the thing which the person on the Clapham Omnibus is likely to find offensive. So if you send your ex-girlfriend um, an, an unwanted dick pic, we could probably say that's grossly offensive. If you send somebody pictures of somebody being decapitated, for instance, mm -hmm. we could probably all agree that's grossly offensive. Issuing a statement that this is your daily reminder that trans women are men 
doesn't even come close. It's not even in the foothills of grossly offensive. Not even in the foothills. But nevertheless, nevertheless, this girl now has in her history the fact that she's been arrested for hate speech. That's it. She's been arrested for it. Now, it gets worse because there was no victim. The person that complained was Newcastle United. Oh, the Newcastle the itself. Newcastle United were the complainants. Yes. Oh. Yes. Newcastle United were the complainants. Somebody had been to them. Somebody from their ticket office, I believe, <laughs> had been to them and said, "We've been through this person's uh, Twitter account, and look at this. Look at this. What they say about trans people." And they said, "Right, that violates that violates our terms and conditions of membership and being in the ground." Well, it's got nothing. Nothing she tweeted had anything to do with football. Nothing to do with Newcastle. Nothing to do with Newcastle United. And yet, they've banned her. Not only that, they've taken her details, violated her GDPR rights, given it to the police, who have then said, great Newcastle United, and gone and, and threatened her with rest and question. Well, and it is also deeply pathetic, because if Newcastle were to say at the start of the match, by the way, over the tannoy, uh, who here doesn't think that women can be men and men can be women? Like 99.9% of the, the stadium would put their hands up. And at what point are they going to say then, right, all of you get out. Wait until, wait until they hear the views of their owner. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Think about it. I mean, Newcastle United is Saudi-owned, right? I was going to say, is it Saudi-owned? <laughs> it's it's Saudi-owned. <laughs> Okie dokie. This is, this is the geezer that, that you know, Kish remember Kishagi, the, the, the journalist who was um, beheaded? Yep. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lured, lured into the Turkish was embassy. It, was he involved in that? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But well, right. yes, he was. He was. He, he yeah. was. He was. He was lured to the Saudi embassy, and he was beheaded. He was beheaded. So come on, Newcastle United. <laughs> We've all turned a blind eye to the absolute raging homophobia, lesbophobia <laughs> of your owners. General but, misogyny. Yeah, but please, yeah, exactly. But please now, don't start persecuting one of your own. One of your own sort of members. Mm. I said, you're, yeah. you're persecuting it. What you would really like to do, I suspect, is bring in a crane and hang her from it. That's what you'd really like to do. I, but you can't do that. So I, you've I'm, I'm quite tempted to tweet at Newcastle United now. The owner of Newcastle New United is right about women <laughs> and see if they ban me from the stadium. <laughs> that is clever. That's proper thinking, that is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, in answer to your question, Carl, um, the police are completely utterly. They're completely screwed. You know, you remember when, remember uh, 18 months ago now when me and the Royal, former Royal Green Jacket got arrested yeah. by Hampshire Police? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we had a go at them about that. There's the interview, by the way. That's the full transcript yeah. uh, uh, of the interview. Um, Why so, do you use the social media platform? That's just such a dumb question. Any, the only reason anyone ever uses social media is to communicate with others. Yeah, well, why shouldn't you? That's, 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 that's an absolute, just, it's an absolute we have an absolute yeah. right. To, to fellowship, to commute, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. to meet well, in the public space. This, this whole thing is a fishing expedition. It's yeah. it's a please say something that we can get you on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. And she didn't. <clears throat> uh, bless her. But yeah, the, 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 the police, the Hampshire, the Hampshire police, they eventually, um, <coughs> I wrote to them and said, you know, not only were you were you wrong, it's unlawful to arrest and detain me, but I'm I'm going to sue you for, uh, what did I do? I, I, got them for, I got them for armed robbery. I sued them for armed robbery. On the basis that um, when they when they came to take my um, fingerprints and uh, DNA, I said, "No, you're not taking it." And they said, "Come on, Harry, then we can let you go." 
I said, well, what's the alternative? He says, well, if I keep saying no, then what you can do? He said, well, what we're going to do is I'm going to call my mates from upstairs. They're going to come and they're going to hold you down and we're going to rip out uh, a hair from your chest. <laughs> I thought, okie dokie. So that is taking property, which is mine, not the immediate threat of violence. That fits entirely the definition <laughs> of robbery. So I put yes, in a claim yeah. for robbery and I got it. I won. <laughs> I won. I won. I won. I won. With, un- 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 with no contest. But it gets even worse. Before I put, before I won that, okay, I think I won six and a half, seven thousand pounds and another 1,800 quid for my solicitor. Great. Um, I'd written to them to complain about the arrest. And I just got back from Australia. I just received a letter saying they'd done nothing wrong. They're still insisting they've done absolutely nothing wrong. And all the evidence was there uh, to, to successfully prosecute me and the and the Royal Green Jacket. Why, why, but so nevertheless, they've handed out to me £7,500. Yeah, if you've done nothing wrong, why are you paying me compensation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll they have that. an inability to say sorry and acknowledge the truth. Absolutely. We'll leave that there. Right. So, uh, Zoomers. Yes. Well, I, I had an idea for a segment many moons ago, and I was waiting for a panel of such illustrious stature that we could really carry this one across. Because okay. you see, um, from time to time, things come up where we sort of give you know ad- advice to Zoomers, and I thought, why not make a why not make a segment out of this? So here, why not make a PowerPoint? Yeah. Can I? Can I? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, please. Please. I need a. Here we go. The mouse. Right. Okay. So, uh, ad- advice to feel free to chip in on oh, this yeah. because. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're the old guys in we're, here. We're all old men and we have help, lots help, of advice. Helping out where we can. Right. So let's start off with definitions. What is a Zoomer? Um, now, they are anyone born between 1997 and 2012. And can I just point out at the start what an utterly benighted set of dates they are? Because it begins with the, the rise of the Dark Lord um, and it ends with the, um, the, the Mayan end of the world. But yeah. By the dark lord, you're talking about Tony Blair, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, so in in auspicious set of dates, I mean, you, you're starting from behind uh, straight away with that one. Uh, just, just a quick thing there as well. Right. For for any for the Zoomers who don't know, the the 2000s, which is the the 2000s sort of 2010 era, is the kind of high point of the the nadir of our civilization. Yeah. Like it's there are there's a certain kind of person who is nostalgic for the vapidness. Of civilization at that point, the emptiness. So I've seen these tweets going around. But like, does anyone remember the 2012 Olympics and how that was just the high point of like the no. the modern paradigm? And it's no. like, and in a way, it was to them, but it was also just totally empty and totally it just yes. thin and hollow is the only way I can describe. The, it. the blood had been sucked out of the being; it a- just hadn't quite hit the ground at that. Absolutely, point. yeah. The yes. body just hadn't collapsed yet. Yes. So yeah, the, genuinely one of the worst periods in human history. On a spiritual level, yes, and 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 beginning with one of the absolute worst periods in human history. So, so a benighted set of dates there. But anyway, that's that's Zoomers. But uh, not the what what. On the other hand, uh, they do look good. Well, they're young. Well, yes. So I'll, I'll, anyone I'll looks good when they're only like twenty years old. Yes, yes, there is that. Um, but they don't know anything, which is not <laughs> necessarily an unusual thing for yes. a young person. But, but I can't help think that. Um, it, it's all part of the problem because it's so easy to find out stuff these days. Well, this, this so I, I've I've got a theory on this. What it is, yes. basically, when you were growing up, you didn't have the choice to curate the media that you had coming in. Right. Mm. So the radio is on when you're walking around or on the car or whatever. Or the TV's on. Or your dad's watching it. So you have this kind of osmosis of various boomer cultural, a varied intellectual diet. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, you've yes. got no choice. It's not very deep, but it is yeah. very broad. And so you, there's this kind of 
river of civilization and you're in it and you can't get out of it. And it's always being, you're always being exposed to it. And what modernity has done with the mobile phone is actually take that away. It's giving you an algorithm. Here are a very precise list of things that you might be interested in. Exactly. But that means that everyone's individual experience, it's not a shared experience that people have on social media. It's a, it's a very unique Mm. curated experience. And so you have got a bunch of rabbit holes that you're constantly in. And so everyone's got these separate trickles of civilization that very rarely cross. Sometimes they will, but very rarely. And so there isn't the shared experience and the shared sort of inheritance. Like a mile deep and an inch wide exactly. interest kind of thing. But no, no, no. There's the difference. Is an inch wide and a mile deep now, right? Yes. So the Zoomers know everything there is to know about like, you know. Taylor Swift. Or God only knows yes. one particular special subject, but they won't know anything about what happened yesterday. Yes. So yes. anyway. So, no, so, I, 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 just, just one quick, mm. quick one there. I think um, that generation don't understand the difference between information um, or data and information and knowledge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because knowledge, knowledge requires you as an active uh, partaker of that knowledge. It's not something you just pull up on your phone, is it? Um, and I think we've lost the, the, the struggle to gain knowledge that we had uh, at school, having to trawl through libraries and books. Oh, yeah. You, we, it, it, getting to know something was a struggle, therefore yes. it stuck. So, so, so I, I remember when I was young, if I wanted to know something, you had to cycle to the library yep. and read it. And if you couldn't find the answer, you basically just had to wait until the internet was invented and just remember the list of things that you <laughs> or, wanted to know. Luckily, someone might say it in conversation, be like, oh, I need to know about yes. that. Um, but yeah, you had in, something called encyclopedias that were physical and you had yes. to troll through yourself. Yes, is that right. So, um, in the old days. Zoom, why are they unhappy? That's quite a good one. They can't own anything. I'm, I'm fairly sympathetic to that. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, um, you know, our, our, our generation, parents' generation, basically just, oh, I'll buy a house now. They can't do that. Well, well I mean, it wasn't that easy for our generation. Really. No, it wasn't. But, but at least it was. I mean, it was, it was, it was we always thought it was a question of, of when rather than, rather than if. How? Um, yeah. so, so they've got that. Hey, just, on, just on that question of ownership, yeah. I, I, I seem to have lost a lot of my love of music because... Being a subscriber to Apple, I own everything, which means absolutely nothing is special. Nothing anymore. is treasured. Nothing yes. is nothing yeah. is treasured. Nothing special. Anymore. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure you guys remember the first CD. Yeah, right. Mm. Mine was REM Automatic for the people. Right. It was just the very first CD I'd ever been able to purchase with my own money that I'd earned doing a a paper round, uh, and so and it was a physical thing, and I was thrilled about it. But the Zoomer can't have that experience. Yes. Everything's ethereal at this point. But they've, they've okay. Yes. You know, their first thing might be five pound a month to Spotify or something. But like you said, they've got everything. Yeah. So there's nothing. The, the thrill of opening up an album. Yeah, I mean, mind physically owning it and sharing it with your mates. Fantastic. Yeah. But I'm, I'm still, I'm trying to be sympathetic to them in this. Oh, bit. I am. I, so, oh, really? so, so they can't own anything. That's that's yeah. that's not. Every mistake that they ever make will be recorded in 1080p forever. And I tell you what, I'm so glad. Yes. So glad. Yes. So, so, so with our generation, phones didn't exist with, with our generation, when, when we did something Jesus. particularly stupid, God. the only time you might hear about it again is a coded reference by your best man at your wedding. Yeah, that, right. that would be it. Where with these guys, every stupid thing is just indexed and ready to be called up at a moment's notice yeah. forever. You're which is a bit of a negative. I mean, I'll give them which, that. Which is, which of course, yes. is why the police promote um, sock accounts, <laughs> isn't well, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes. But that, yes. that is a genuinely harrowing thing. Yes, it is. It's terrible, and, terrible. And, and another thing, um, all that is good is being destroyed around them. Yep, that's which, true. I mean, they, 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 never got, they never got to experience a better world. Yeah. 
It, so that, that's another that's the thing about like you know sort of Callum, yes, people his age. They don't remember <laughs> yes. when the world was good, yes, and mm. they don't realise that something has been lost. It's always been terrible yes. as far as they can remember. It's like no wonder you're so bloody gloomy. I would be and no, too, and also no wonder yes. why you're so irreverent, right? No wonder yes. you don't take anything seriously. So what would I take seriously here? Everything is terrible. Why would I take any of this seriously? It's like what, great, great question. Actually. Yes. So, so I'm not unsympathetic to them in the in the slightest because those are all bad things. However, they do and have beyond some, their control. They, yeah, they, they do have some positives. Right. So, uh, number one is they are never ever bored. I'm not sure that's a positive. Oh, they're all they're always bored. Yeah, I think they're always bored because they don't they don't grapple with anything. Yeah. long enough. Boredom is a concept that. But what they are is distracted. They're distracted. They're, yes, they're magnolia whitewashed humans. True. That's possible. Yeah. So when, when you say bored, they're, they're never um, lacking for stimulation, yes. which I think is true. Yeah. But also, I'm not sure that's a good thing. I think that's a bad thing. I think the good yeah. things happen when you're bored. So, so when we were lads, we'd often have to sort of sit around for like an hour or two think, trying to think of something to do. Exactly. But that is brain power that you're actually using. I mean, yes. the average Zoomer now is like, I don't need to think about anything. Scroll, 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 yes. scroll. Five hours have passed. Now I need to go to bed. We're outside quite a lot. Yeah. So, like, yes. you were out there actually building your body, you were building your mind, you were building friendships, you were building tree houses. You know, you were building things, you were making things yes. that didn't previously exist come into existence. And the constant distractions of the Zoomers means they don't do that. They don't get that practice. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have put those as positive. It's, well, it's, it's more a curse. Yes. You know? Well, let's see if I can do better with the next one. <laughs> they have access to all of human knowledge. No curiosity to find any of it. And no, yeah, absolutely, and no, no application of that knowledge, yeah. which is wisdom, because they've never, yeah, because they've never practiced building anything, which is how you generate wisdom. Like so, like that. This is the the great irony of the Zoomers. It's like, okay, you've got access to all human knowledge, and these Zoomers are like, yeah, but why would I want to know that? Yeah, and it's just like, what do you mean? Why would you want to know? And I don't have a ready answer for it, like because they're actually divorced from the consequences of not knowing things, because technology is picking up all that slack. Yeah. So you don't know how to change a plug. Okay, I'll just go on YouTube and find out. Oh, you've, you, you've, you've knocked down uh, my second positive as well. Let, let's see if I can... Well, no, no. It's, it is a positive to have access to all of human knowledge. Right. But we always presuppose that there'd be people who would actually need it. But the Zoomers yeah. don't need it. That, like, yes. everything is done for them by uh, machines or algorithms or whatever. And so they actually have... There's no consequence of them not knowing something. Right? Yes. But for us, when we were kids, if you didn't know something... Uh, you didn't get that thing. You didn't get your bike fixed. You didn't know how to change a tire. Well, then you should have been paying attention when your dad was showing you because now you're not going on the bike ride with everyone else, right? Yep. But now it's like, okay, I'll just look it up. I'll just go, you know. Yeah, I'll, watch, watch the YouTube video. Yeah, I'll just watch the YouTube video. Skip I'm the honestly, video, yes. I couldn't remember how to change a tire about three years ago when I first got a flat after starting riding my bike. I couldn't remember. So what did I do? I went on YouTube. You know, actually, I got my wife's um, dad to show me. Uh, <laughs> but afterwards, I went on YouTube to right. Show okay, okay. So, um, but I just couldn't remember because it's been like five uh, years. Well, let's see if I can but do anyway. better with my third positive. Then, of positive reasons to be a Zoomer is uh, there is a not uh, an unreasonable chance of being able to live forever in luxury waited on by robots because um, I don't know. May, may, maybe human, I suppose that's the t yeah that's possible. Human longevity could be one of those things that's about to get cracked on various fronts, and um, you might be waited on by by robots. So, but even I, if it's not, you're probably going to live long enough. So then the robot slave class yes. will take care of you forever. So that one feels to me like a positive. 
I think it's nothing's nothing a negative. He wants to live forever. <laughs> oh my god. But even Wait on by robots. Have you not seen the film Terminator? But even that, that you, thing is prophetic, right? Even if you don't live forever, even if you live just for the natural lifespan, uh, from like 30 onwards for you know, with your robot slave class. I mean, what kind of person is that? Well, Zuma. Literally just looking at a, a screen to be stimulated forever yes. until they die of old age. You, like, you're saying that's not satisfying and fulfilling. You are. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm saying that maybe that's not the positive way right. of characterizing this. Well, anyway, <laughs> having, having set up what a zoomer is, what their complaints hang, hang are. And, I, I have some positive oh, about the zoomers. Oh, go on then. Go on. They're, they're they're quite nice. Right. I quite like the zoomers. Yes. I suppose. They're yes. quite clever. It's not that they're not clever. Yes. They've just got. Well, they were well fed during infancy, so they got absolutely, you know, they're, and they've been yeah. well educated. So the, no, it, they've not been well educated. No, no, no. In, they've been appallingly <laughs> educated. No, in, they know nothing. No, that's not true. They know a lot about very specialist technical subjects, right? So, and that to me and you is just like <laughs> so. Oh, they know about coding. Yeah, yeah, Wep yeah. Weaponized Zoom right. autism is quite impressive. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yes. they, they know a lot about very very narrow subjects, which is useful in small doses. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're clever. They are quite well educated, and they're quite fun. Like, they're not insufferable moralizers like the millennials were. Like, they're a lot more like the Generation X of this new wave of generation. Yes. So, yeah, actually, you might be right. I might, I might have, I might have, you know, from this being a 58 year old man, I've looked back <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I've compressed them. Yeah. And, and, and it's easy. I need, to, I need to, yeah, I need to go back. And it's That's easy strict to do. Definition of 1997 to yeah. 2012. The, the, yeah. these, these guys are not bad people. They're just a product of their time. And the, which is awful. Which is an awful time. Yeah. And so they've got to live with the burden of yeah. having no attention span or things like this, or only having an attention span for one particular subject that they can't yeah. stop being autistically obsessed over. Yes. But they're, they're not they're not bad people or anything. No, no, no. It, really, they're living under a curse. So should we move on to the advice that we have? Because that, that's the main bit. We haven't, we haven't got to that yet. So we, we, we best try and uh, get through this. Right. Advice number one, social skills, I think, are the primary skill. And a social skill cannot happen on the internet. No, it can't. So I'm always reminded of there was a, there was a business I was I was sort of looking to to invest in. I didn't in the end, but um, it basically consisted of two sides. One side, a bunch of guys with like two PhDs each, very clever, and then a bunch of wide boys who were the salesmen. Right. There's like a mini civil war in this business because the the, the wide boys were getting paid twice as much as the guys with the two PhDs. Yeah. Because social skills are are just genuinely useful absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that you should not do your PhD and go down the pub instead. What I'm saying is you should do both. I mean, there was actually one guy in this business who had both the technical skills and the, uh, the social skills. And he's winning. And he was the CEO. Yeah. Got paid more than all yeah. the rest of them put together. Yeah. But I, I think social skills are wildly um, uh, under or undervalued. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, the mm. social skills are you are right primary and they don't happen on the internet it's just the most important yes and they, and they don't happen working from home either no they, they don't no. you need to you need to get your ass on the underground or in your car or yeah. walk or whatever get to the office and rub up against other people yeah. like proper rub yeah. up against them that's how you learn well just 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 interact anywhere I mean you know um, go, go to the pub a bit more than you occasionally would but yeah go into the office just talk to people just start having conversations the ability to go and talk to anyone is incredibly valuable in this life yeah. yep I agree so, so yeah we, we, we all agree on that one right okay uh, what's, what's, what's my next one? Oh yes take risks oh yeah yes risks always, are fun 
always take risk. Now, I'm not talking, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about sensible risk. I'm not talking Calculated about, risk. Yeah, I'm not talking about, you know, barebacking across Sierra Leone or something. I'm talking about, you know, business risks or, uh, you know, putting yourself out there or doing something like that. Now, pretty sure you guys are going to agree with that one. Take, take, I agree. Actually, yeah. even, even something as mundane as exposing yourself uh, to an idea that you think you might disagree with. Mm-hmm. Um, that this whole concept of safe spaces, yes. oh my God, is there, is there any worse concept on the planet than a safe space? I'd rather be in hell than in a safe space. I'm just thinking yes. of a time when I was about nine years old and a bunch of us had managed to climb on top of this garage and we're jumping about 12 feet down and then doing a roll at the end. Like, it yeah. never occurred to us that that was dangerous. I mean, it was actually higher than this house, and we jumped down, and then you just rolled to save your ankles. Um, and we just used to do that as a matter of course. Look, we've we've we've, we've, we've yes. got to be allowed. Kids have got to be allowed yeah. to break bones, right? They've got to yes. be allowed to break bones and get get minor yeah. concussions and all the rest of it. Yeah. Because that's how that's what life is like. Yeah. So, so I, I was primarily thinking about like quitting your job and starting something new it's, rather it's than. A th- Jumping off a roof, but it's something but that yes. goes through your whole life. But yes. you, you are right, yeah. Just yes. you know, if if you're worried that you can't do it, well, you won't know until you try. You may as well give it a go. Yeah, probably won't destroy you. Yes, and it, it is very easy to lead a lead a boring, safe life by just doing the sort of thing that's in front of you or the thing that you're expected to do. It's only by taking risks that you really set yourself up for success. Yes, and also mm-hmm. if you just stay within the lines that have been mapped out for you, you're you, basically a pet. You're a wage slave yeah, yeah, at exactly. best. It's, it's worse than yeah. being a wage slave. You're basically a domestic animal. Yes. So I, I, that's why I left the police. You know, 25, 25 years ago, was because I didn't want to be. I didn't want the security of being told what to do. Mm. I wanted to go out. Well, I wanted to go and make some money. Mm. Um, and I wanted to be. I wanted to be the boss. I wanted to be in charge, so yeah. that any mistakes were my mistakes. And, and you I, can only achieve I, that I by it. taking yeah. a risk. And yeah. I, I bet yeah. when you, I, bet, no, no way could yeah. I have fought my way up through. Not, not really through sort of the, the layer upon layer of hierarchy. Because you've got to learn to play the game, right? You've got to learn to play. And I'm like, no chance. Yeah, and you, I, want to be, I want to be at the top, yeah. and then I'm already there. I don't have to push through yes. any middle management. I'm already at and, the and top, if, if and you do it, that. if you do it that way, you become some kind of creature that, that kind yeah. of slivers up the ranks rather than anything else. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, you, you've, got to, you've got to go your own way. You've got to take your own risks. But, but also, it's kind of like um, you're the kind of, you're inseparable from the institution if you do that as well. Right. As in, you can't live outside of whatever it is you've, you've snaked yes, your way up. Yeah. And I, I can't stand that, to be honest. Right. Next one. Um, appreciate your elders. Now, I, yep. I didn't really appreciate this point until I myself started Became an elder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit more elderly. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, but, but no, th- th- this, this one is important. So if you're lucky enough to still have grandparents around, mm-hmm. um, do have a conversation. Yeah. Do talk to them. Um, there's, do- a, there's a kind of knowledge that can only be learned by doing and that's what they have. Yes. You don't have that. You can't have that mm. because one of the key components of that kind of knowledge is time and you just haven't accrued the time and it's not possible for you to have done so. Well, and just hearing about the place and the culture that you come from and the lineage that you come from and the way things... There was, there was enormous value in just sitting there. And it's, it's one of those things, if your grandparents are still alive, that you just think to yourself, well, I'll just do it next week. But eventually, those those extra week, weeks do run out. So um, I, I, I think there was great value. It, it is one of those things that you tend to only appreciate um, once the opportunity has passed. So I agree. But I think that's, what, again, one of the problems is that um, it's quite acceptable uh, to demonstrate intolerable ageism and dismiss, yeah. dismiss our generation as, as Nazis, um, yeah. as people who... 
Yeah, I, I, this police officer, in fact, one of the things that he said to me was that he's looking forward to the culling uh, of, of my type uh, by virtue of our age. I like that's not the kind of language that we want to hear from anybody, let alone a police officer. So I think I think you're absolutely right. We need to appreciate our el- uh, elders, but I think there's um, a dismissal of um, of eldership. Yes. I, yeah, I do, and that was that was very typical of the Maoist regime as well, wasn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it Turn all, on your elders. Yep. It all comes down to the year zero thinking. Um, yeah. But basically, what Zoomers need to take away from this is that wisdom is something can only be accrued by time, and that's what old people have. Is actually they have wisdom. Yes. Right. Next one. Let's see if this one's going to be. Uh, where are we? Oh yes. Beware women. Now, um, <laughs> I'm just kind of. A, We're most, all married, by the way. So m- 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 most of our audience is 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 men. So I I framed it like that. But um, so if, three if, three older guys are going to be like, look out for the women. Yes, we've got our yeah. wives and kids. If, if you are a woman who likes men, beware men. No, well, anyway, but the point that the point that I'm kind of making here <laughs> is that I have never seen a chap be completely undone by picking the wrong career or buying the wrong house or the wrong car. I can see where you're going with this. Yes. Every guy I've ever known who's been completely put awry has been a woman. I think it works the other way around as well, though, that women well, presumably, are aware of... Yeah, yeah. Presumably... But I, I don't. I don't tend to hear those stories. I. I. I well, you, you. You. go through life at a certain point. You. You start, sort of having to go down the pub with a mate who's just, you know, a complete wreck. Yeah. Because he. Because he's picked the wrong woman, and it's. And it's all gone wrong. I. I actually read yes. uh, Hesiod's Works and Days the other day, and he's, yes. two thousand years ago. This was still yes. just as true. There's nothing better than a good wife, and there's nothing worse than a bad wife. Mm. Oh yeah, literally, yes. it's a tale as old as time. So choosing your wife, will yes. Be important. The the only problem here is I don't think I've got any good advice as to as to how you do that. Well, it depends on who you are and what you're looking for, doesn't it? You mm. know? Um, but someone who actually loves you and isn't going to screw you over. Good luck, consumers. It, yes. it, it taught me. It taught me three attempts. But I'm, right. I'm there now. I'm there now. Good. Twenty right. years of absolutely grand. So yeah, it's yeah. not easy, is it? No, no. Picking a picking picking a suit. I, I, I got lucky first time round. I think. I think yeah, I you, yeah, you got lucky first time round as well. But um, so, it, it's probably not normal. Yes. <laughs> well, my, yes. My, my my first two wives got unlucky with their choices. That was that was the problem. <laughs> that's the that's the truth. Yes. But my, my my point broadly is that um you know people always say that your biggest financial decision is your house. It's it's not it's your wife. It's your wife. Yes. Um and 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 quite often the way I see this go wrong is is basically some chap marries somebody with a different propensity to consume or to be to show off. Yeah. Um. So I I, I know guys who worked really bloody hard, work brought in quite a lot of income, and it's never enough. Yeah. So yeah. Well, one one thing to remember is it's not just love that makes a marriage actually. Yes. Uh, and only, temperaments. Only love can actually destroy a man. So, yes, yes, perhaps. That yes. and bagging off. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of things. But well no, when someone says, Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, and then their their actions don't match their words. Oh yeah. yeah. Then anyway. Right. Uh next, uh, related to that <clears throat> point is associate wisely. Now when you're when you are a, a young person, you just you just kind of tend to get who you get, don't you? I mean you're you just hang out with people. Yeah, the, the the people from your school, your family, and so on. I, I think one of the key lessons of growing up is that you want to be a bit more discerning about those people that you spend your time with. Yes. And if they're the wrong people, sort it out. Oh, you don't want to be with, I tell you, what, the thing that I can't stand being with is energy drains. 
negative, negative people, people who only ever see yeah. the worst, the half, half the glasses half sort of empty types. Yes. Can't be doing with them. Can't be doing that. I caught them off. Yes. Am I? Am I? Last of my three weddings, we only had people there who I would knock about with as mates. Like everybody else can, not yes. interested. Yeah. I'm very very picky about who who we knock yeah. about with. Also, but, uh, anyone who just commits crimes regularly, hmm. don't hang around with criminals. Occasional, okay. Well, I mean, occasionally maybe, but like yeah. you you know the you know yeah, the yeah. type of person do, yeah. I'm talking about. And everyone. When you would have been hanging Scallywag. out. Yeah, exactly. You know, the pub or whatever. Yes. And he's just causing trouble. Just don't associate with those guys. Yeah. I agree. Yes, right. Next one. <clears throat> do you know what? Do you know what? Actually, actually I think every, every social group should have at least one far-right member in it. Most social groups yes. are far-right. <laughs> <laughs> openly. Now. Openly yeah. far-right, yeah. Right. And number six. Um, do what you enjoy. So um, uh, don't, don't go off you know, chasing what you think will make money or what your parents think you should do. Um, I, I would say do what you enjoy because whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to be doing a lot of it. Yeah. And you really don't want to hate getting out of bed in the morning, Monday to Friday. So um, just do what you enjoy. And actually, if you're really bloody good at it, um, which is a lot easier when you enjoy it, you will make money out of it. Yes. Somehow. It just it just kind of works like that, you but, know, whether whether you end up you know owning a, owning the company that does the thing, or you just get really good at the thing, whatever it is. I agree with that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, do what you enjoy. Right, commit to your task. This is so, one that you're going to have problems with because of your lack of attention span. But this matters. Yes. Well, for, for me, there is nothing more pathetic when you encounter people who do things half-heartedly. That's I agree. Just, that's that, just, that is the seed of its own destruction. Yes. You get nowhere. Nowhere. Yes. It's half heartedly. Got to be all in. And you just waste your time as well. Yeah. Wasted half the time you put into it. So. I, I don't care what it is. It could be it could be milking goats or serving tables or or doing database entry. If you don't commit to doing your task and doing it properly, mm. and you might think, well, Dan, Dan, you don't understand. This this is just a job for me. You know, well, well it's just a job for me too. Ch change it then. Yeah. Do something else. Do something that you can apply yourself. But there is honestly nothing more odious to me than people who just half-heartedly don't like it. Don't like it at all. Right. Um, second one. Travel. Oh, no. Oh, this, this is important. Travel. Yes. Go anywhere else in the world and you'll realize that most of what we talk about here is just complete and utter bullshit. You'll get a sense of perspective by traveling. I mean, to pick pick the thing that you know is is, is always on the mind of Westerners, and it's something like racism. <laughs> Just go and have a conversation with somebody anywhere else in the world about about what they think, and you'll be given such a different, stark perspective to the one that you get here. And it, it will be on all things. Yes, um, it will teach you to value what what actually matters. Are you, you, you much of a traveller, Harry? I'm very much a, very much a traveller. Uh, absolutely. And I think all young people should travel because they would be absolutely shocked to yes. discover that um, equality and diversity out, <laughs> in, out in the world beyond our shores is not quite what they think it is. No, it is not. It, it really isn't. I, there, there, is a, there is a healthy uh, hatred uh, amongst amongst peoples and tribes and groups yeah. uh, and counties and states, well, uh, and, and, and they don't they don't think of it as hatred. They just think of it. This is just how the world is. Exactly. That, yes. Well, it, it's what I said before. It's that yes. positive sort of natural yeah. hate. When we go along to a football match, yeah. part of the fun 
is watching the skill. But well, the tribe. vast majority of the, yes. of the fun comes from expressing your tribalism, your mm. tribalistic hatred yes. over the other side and the other side's yes. colours and the other side's songs. It's human. It's yes. it's natural. And providing it's managed, providing yes. it's managed and it operates within certain civilised parameters, yes. it's all very good. Yes, and it's not just that. It's just that, you know, there were certain things that usually travel around the world people just don't have. And a lot of the time you realise, oh, actually, you don't actually need it either. Um, it, it teaches you to value those things that you do actually need, such as, you know, family and connection and all the rest of it, and, um, and not so much stuff you don't. Right, so let's go on to number nine. Uh, learn about money. I've got a very simple point here. The average person will spend about 90,000 hours working over the course of a 40-year career. Now, if you were to learn a little bit about money, about how to use debt, how to make investments, you know, how to be a bit smarter about your money, and you know, let's put, put some maths on this. Let's say you invested 10% of your income at 5% a year. Hmm. You could shave off 26,000 of those hours and still get to the same place at the end of it. Hmm. So rather than, rather than throwing yourself um, at, at something, which hopefully you enjoy, yeah. but you can get a significantly better outcome just by learning a little bit about, about money. Because I mean, it, it, is, it is half of every transaction. Hmm. It is what we basically spend all of our time working for, because it is, it is that sort yep. of universal medium. So just, just, just understand how it works. Understand debt and debasement and inflation. Um, if you understand those simple tools, then you'll just have a have a what, much what, simpler time of it. Would you include things like Bitcoin in that? Yes, I'd, I'd say so. You yeah, mm. yeah. Well, that that would be a good way to get you know your bit of a return. I know absolutely nothing about Bitcoin. Well, that that brings me then to my most important. There we go. If you subscribe at lotuseaters.com, you can learn about money with my Brokenomics series and also philosophy, um, which we, we, we which we touched on with Stelios and history uh, with Bo, as uh, as 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 we mentioned. I mean, this is definitely the most important one. Well, I I, I think I was building to something, building to something important there. And what else have we got? We've got we've got contemplations with with Josh, mm. which is about all sorts of things. Um, Epochs. Yes, e I mentioned epochs. Yes, epoch, and um, we got book clubs and, and, and all sorts of things. So there you go. So there you go. If you want to be a good zoomer, follow this list. Let's get some. Do we have video comments? Let's we get... have four, I think. So this good year, I married her. Found out we were expecting her. I built this with my wife. I smashed this one. I went to Bionoya, I took this, I took this, I went to Tallinn, I went to Copenhagen, hello Sophie, I shot this, I went on a hike with this good girl, I fried this, I fried that, I fried this and that, and I filleted this fish, and I salted, and I dried, and I met these monsters. Hope everyone's having a good time. Look at that. Finland, was it? I, I've noted, John, that was echoing, so I could hardly... Yeah, I think, John, you've got your mic on, um, yeah. so we, we were hearing that twice, but wherever that is, it looks quite interesting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy that. No, I wouldn't no. need that. Well, everything before... The rest, the rest everything of it, yes. great, yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, that's, that's disgusting. Yes. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, let's go to the next one. You have barricaded yourself in the captain's cabin, but you only John, have a short amount echoing. of time before the invaders break through. 
What do you want to do? Maybe we should ask God for help. Wait, is your God actually real? Of course he is. Prove it. Fine. Summon God. Holy shit. Language. Hello, Connor, my loyal servant. What can I do for you? Is that David Attenborough? These disbelievers are doubting your existence. Would you like to show them? Of course, I'd be happy to. Oh, no, 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 no. John, it's really difficult to understand what they're saying because there's an echo coming through the speakers at the bottom there. So I'm confused by this. It, AI, D&D. Did, did he clip all no, of that? No, was, it's was done that by AI. AI voice generation. My goodness. I'm, I quite uh, like that. Uh, yeah, I, me too. It felt like I was in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> or high or something. Get to the next one. That's very good, Mr. Ape. So this is a question for the panel. Um, perhaps it's a bow question. But I was really curious about how the Queen knighted uh, several actors in her life. And if that's something that uh, historically has ever happened, if it's anything more than true heroes getting knighted. Um, it just seems to me like it cheapens it. And... Um, you know, I don't know if that's something that ever happened before. So I'm just sort of curious your opinions on it. I have no idea what that's in reference to. I have no idea what that's in reference to. But I well, think people like Sean Connery getting knighted, I'd imagine. I think if you've had a very long and illustrious career, then maybe. I you've mean, done great things, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a good way of rewarding people. I yeah, I, I do. It's, it's not a new thing, is it? You know, we've had some Michael Caine and oh, yeah. Sean Connery. And yeah, but I mean, like in the Middle Ages, they used to know. Yeah. Doing great feats. Did, did Shakespeare get knighted? No. Not in his lifetime, did he? Yeah. No. Probably not. It was a bit harsh. I mean, if you're going to not knight him and then you're going to knight Michael Caine, I don't know. Yeah, but like when, he, when, when, when people were getting knighted in that era, you were still expected to have a horse and a lance. Yes, so, yes that's fair. Yeah. Let's get to the next one. So today I am at Warshick Salt Mine where they have carved all of this stuff out of the stone, out of the mine. Like it's freaking Moria or something. This is genuinely awe-inspiring. This is incredible. That's very cool. Yeah, it is. Where's this? I don't know. Presumably Denmark somewhere. Yeah. That is very, very, very cool. Yeah, very nice. Um, I've only got, like, bloody Peppa Pig land up the road from me. I'd much rather have Yeah, I know, that. right? Yeah, I've been to Peppa Pig land. No, really? Oh yeah, I've got kids. Yeah, of course you have. Yeah, I've not. I've not done Peppa Pig Land. No, you, I haven't. You're missing uh, nothing. Legoland is way better. <laughs> I could get into that. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Uh, Jimbo says the future of policing is along identitarian lines. If the left get their way, it's racist for four white police officers to arrest a black woman for not showing her bus ticket, and it stands to reason that she can only be fairly dealt with by her fellow skin folk. Uh, we can't be far off trans people demanding to be exclusively dealt with by trans police officers. They already are. Oh, are they? They already are. Really? Yep, yep, yep. The the chief constable of Northumbria, um, she was the well, she's the LGBT lead, mm -hmm. and uh, she's already got that uh, into quite a few forces. So that if you're a, and it's not just trans, it's that you you have a right to declare what your self identity is, and then be searched by an officer of that same identity. So, so how that quite works yeah. in practice? I, I, I remember no years ago, this guy was always getting away with crime because he was he was a burglar, and basically he was he was deaf, and he was Iranian. So they had to go and find a Farsi sign language person every time they arrested him, 
And a lot of the time, it was too much hassle, so they didn't bother. But if you add on the complexity of I'm a trans-deaf Iranian who can only be spoken to by a Farsi-speaking sign language trans person, yeah, you kind of got. What could possibly go wrong? Yes, what could possibly go wrong? Bilbo says the population of Ireland have not been demotivated enough to understand the correct response when your children are stabbed is to sing "Don't Look Back in Anger." Uh, This is demoralization. Yeah. Definitely something that just hasn't happened in Ireland yet. This is why the speed running of it is a real mistake. I mean, we've been properly demoralized. Mm-hmm. But the Irish are still like, no, we're Irish and we like being Irish. It's like, oh my God, you don't hate yourselves. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. You guys are going to have to really uh, learn hard, uh, quick to get on board with the program. Uh, Grant says, always great to see Harry on the podcast. Keep up the good work, Mr. Miller. Uh, Thank Caroline you says, I hate read an article on the Gu- hate read an article on the Guardian over the weekend on the topic of the Dublin riots. Describe Sinn Féin as a progressive left-wing party. It's amazing. I mean, you must remember from when you were young what Sinn Féin were like. Hard right nationalist party. Yeah, exactly. But this is what I don't... Back when I liked them. I I don't understand that. There are are some (laughs) forms of nationalism which are absolutely acceptable. (laughs) It's fine to be an ultra-nationalist if you live in Scotland, for instance. Yeah. Isn't it? That's fine. But no, I mean, do you not remember Nicola Sturgeon saying, well, I wouldn't have called it the national party. She... Yeah. They, they they are they are in these spaces because of like Celtic victim identity complex and it merges with the other victim identities, but it's actually anti-national. So now like we're building the new island for the Rainbow Island, the Rainbow Scotland. It's like your your nationalist parties are just literally selling you out. I mean, at least ours are like, uh, yeah, we're just useless and we're the Labour Party, and so we're here to sell you out. At least you know that. Yeah. But like the Celtic national parties are just such traitors. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree entirely. <laughs> I'm going to go re-watch the, the um, Conor McGregor thing. I think. Yeah. Omar says, uh, there's going to come a point where if you don't have a hate in- incident registered against you, I wouldn't consider hiring you. If you haven't been accused of an ist or an ism or phobia, then you haven't said any worth, anything worth saying. I agree totally with that. Totally true. Um, Furious Dan says, they're well-educated, they're socially stunted, they know a lot about very specific subjects. Are we sure Zoomers aren't just autistic? Quite possible. Autism rates are going through the roof, aren't they? As as, as something happens. They are broadly autistic, um, but again, they didn't make themselves. They've been made by the civilization we live in. So not their fault. Uh, James says, as a Zoomer, I agree not taking things seriously, calling everything that is is cringe, is a very big problem. However, it's probably a defense mechanism against the time of bondage. That's exactly what I was saying, James. It's not your fault that you take none of this seriously, because of course, this was all done to you. Yeah. Um, Kevin says, I feel sorry for the Zoomers. They're worse off than Thai teachers, Kevin's in Thailand, um, uh, with, who own 64% of the personal debt, but basically own nothing, which is great. Um, and the last one, uh, Crumpet says, Carl talks about 2012 being the height of vapidity for our civilization. As a Zoomer, that's not how I saw it. I remember lining up to see the Olympic torch go past my school, and we had a street party for the Diamond Jubilee, which I failed to see in 2022. From my perspective, 2012 was a highly communitarian and patriotic year. Well, that is something we'll have to discuss another time, because unfortunately we're out of time. <laughs> but um, you, you don't remember the pop culture of it. Like, just what men behaving, behaving badly did ended with the in-betweeners. It was just awful. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about it another time. Yeah. Harry, uh, where can people find you if they want more from you? Uh, they can find us at uh, We Are Fair Cop on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. We Are Fair Cop. Okay. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow. Cheerio. Thank you.